everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we're going to be going back in time and talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Fortune in Men's Eyes, which is a podcast we've already recorded. It was actually the second podcast that Kirsten and I ever recorded on KowskiCast. But this time, we uh, we started a trend, I guess, of bringing in much better podcasters to come guest star and introducing them to the wild world of Riverdale. So today, along with Kirsten, we have Mike Bloom. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. I can't wait for the better podcaster to come in and join you guys. <laughs> wait, so am I in yet or no? Yeah, you're in. You can talk whatever. I, I, it was just crazy. It was a double introduction and I was Kirsten, like, Kirsten, you've been tapped. Oh no. <laughs> Mike, I don't know if you know this, but we have to bring it up every couple podcasts. On, I think it was our fifth podcast we ever recorded, which is the only episode of Kowski Cast that Rob Sesternino has ever listened to. We had a very f- informal introduction because we were very loopy that day. We forgot to introduce ourselves at all. Like we didn't right. Our names or say the name mm-hmm, of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Rob read us for that. So I like to think that, you know, if we do that kind of thing every once in a while, it's really just, it's an homage to ourselves. It's like a little throwback joke. I think you should say it's a test for the listeners to know if they're paying attention, right? Or maybe throw in like a weird false fact about yourself every few episodes. And so you know if people at you about it, then you know that they truly are paying attention to the podcast rather than it just being white noise while they're mowing the lawn or walking the pets. Oh, exactly. Mowing the lawn by the way great that's probably my top podcast listening time it's my really favorite. i feel like it's hard to hear over the the lawnmower well you have to you have to wear earbuds and then you have to wear the like big noise canceling things what are those called ear ear muffs i don't know what are they called um no noise canceling headphones i guess yeah well the big thing is over top as well and then you're probably hurting your your hearing but i appreciate it anyway so yeah so we've had a couple really great podcasters come on we had josh wiggler and we had puya zam and now we have Mike Bloom. And so, Mike, on a scale of one to ten, how upset with us are you for us introducing Riverdale? Oh, it's got to be a one. Look, here's the <laughs> thing. If you were looking for someone who had never ex- dipped their toes in the river of Riverdale whatsoever, but was so game for the insanity that it has to provide, you brought on the right person. I am someone who loves train wreck television and questionable television. You know, I'm going to be appearing on the Quiet Room pod in a couple days from now uh, but I was someone who really loved Glee and I would say arguably loved Glee even more when it went officially off the rails and you had puppet dream sequences and all this crazy stuff happening because it's one of those things where you have to sit there mouth agape and say there is a, a committee of people that have somehow felt this was something that needed to be shown to millions of people at a time and the decisions that these people make are astounding and they are so I don't know there there there's it's a, it's a taste that's not necessarily good but you want to roll it around in your mouth a little bit right to be like what exactly is going on in this dish that is making it taste so darn funky and you know what I got a little aperitif here uh I I would definitely say I'd like to continue at some point maybe because I'm extremely confused as to the context of <laughs> every single second that was going on in this show. But you know what? Considering how many shows on TV today are trying to become the next blank of a successful show that came before it, Riverdale has really put itself out there on a branch saying, we're going to be the only high school show that deals with supernatural forces and uh, prison gang warfare. Mike, I can kind of help out with why you're enjoying this so much. Because would you believe that the head writer and executive producer of Riverdale was a producer on 44 episodes of Glee and actually wrote six episodes of Glee. Um, Which ones? Do you know? Um, I 
know he did Gleese, but I don't know all of them. Is that the Grease crossover episode? It is. No, indeed. they yes. just called it Gleese for fun, Mary. <laughs> no, it's where I they were geese. I don't remember the Glee episode names. I just did a Glee rewatch, a full rewatch. Glee watch. So. Glee watch, yeah. He did a bunch of, there was an article we mentioned, article, I don't know, it was a BuzzFeed article, if you can count that. It's right, it's a writing on a page. Right, uh, that we mentioned last podcast that was like 16 ways Glee and Riverdale are the same show. They funnily enough mentioned the hallucinations with the puppets as well. I just need to get something off my chest right at the top of this episode. Gotcha. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Obviously, like for anyone here, this is a full spoiler-filled episode. If you have not seen past season three, episode two, get out of here. Come back later unless you're totally fine with being completely spoiled. Yeah, this will be this will be spoiled up through season four, episode 17 is the farthest we've seen at this point. Yeah. So I am Mary, I am furious that we have still not gotten an explanation for those damn babies and that stupid fire and this got me so fired up about it yeah so mike if you were hoping we'd explain that sorry so at the end (laughs) yeah at at the end of season three episode one uh betty comes home she goes into the backyard where there's like some sort of weird cult-like ceremony happening Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. a bonfire and they take her to her nephew and her niece uh dagwood and whatever juniper Um, okay so and i think this will also start the trend of uh, i apologize in advance i'm gonna be asking a lot of questions as to is this character named after a comic book equivalent or not because i know that dagwood is a reference to the hysterical panel of the same name where he likes sandwiches and hates his wife but is juniper a reference to something i think juniper is also a plant name yeah dagwood and juniper are like i don't think it's meant to be comic book i think it's supposed to be like because she's like a hippie who joined a cult and they're like named after plants or whatever anyway so they take the babies and they like drop them into the bonfire but then the babies like magically float above the fire in some weird mystical situation which leads betty to have a seizure and we have never gotten an explanation on it did the babies really float is there magic involved what happened was this like a hallucination at no point in the preceding like two full seasons not preceding whatever the next seasons we get nothing no explanation about these valid babies and i am furious Yep. Okay. I mean, that, that was going to be a big question for me is like this whole idea with the farm and Edgar never have I ever or whatever the hell his name is. This Oop. whole what? Do you know who plays Edgar ever never? Uh, no, I've never seen the man before. I've only heard his strange name and he sounds like a, I don't know, a man you would find in like a Swedish 16th century folktale. I mean, that fits because they get Chad Michael Murray to play him. Why? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> because you could only have really hot people in Riverdale and that yeah, I'm, I'm expecting like a Max von Sydow like old crony no. man with his hair slicked back like I'm Edgar I'm Edgar he's never like never hot cult leader kind yeah, of guy and he's yeah still as we all know all the so all hot. the cult leaders are just so darn hot just sweat yep. dripping off their gorgeous abs as they force people to drink the Kool Aid off of them that's literally so close to what happens it, it hurts <laughs> so let's just stop down real quick and some people may be wondering why did we choose season three episode two well somewhere Kirsten and I have a list where we uh, were ranking just like the most absurd episodes of Riverdale, things that you'd want to show someone just to give them an idea of like how crazy it can get. Because some episodes are just as absurd, but maybe not as off the walls in three different plot lines as this one is. And so this was the next one on our list after, I I guess, whichever one we showed. Season two, episode five is what we showed Josh Wiggler. Also, we thought that Mike Bloom could handle, appreciate, and enjoy the 
insanity of, oh, you dropped out of middle school to run drugs. Well, then you've never known the highs and lows, the the triumphs and defeats of high school football, which is my favorite Riverdale moment of the entire season. Listen, man, you may think you know your way about ecstasy, but let me tell you something about ecstasy. The ecstasy of scoring that game-winning touchdown and smooching your gal. Yes, along with Jughead pointing to his own hat and saying, have you ever seen me take this hat off? I'm a weirdo. I'm weird. That's weird. This is our second favorite, probably most quoted line. Well, no, you you prefer the Jughead one. I prefer the triumphs and defeats of high school football because what? The guards in their riot gear while the, the cheerleaders are singing Jailhouse Rock? What what could be better? Uh, there's, 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 there's a lot of great lines in here that I personally got. And I don't know if it's because of context with something like he always kept weird to himself, especially after his piano teacher was murdered. And it's said so nonchalant like it's the daily news. <laughs> well, his piano teacher was a prime character in season one. <laughs> so I also loved, uh, is it the Gargoyle King? No, it's the opposite. What does that mean? <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I also wrote down, I dropped out of the fourth grade to run drugs and support my Nana, which sounds strange, but I guess in watching the first season of The Wire, it's uh, somewhat a possibility, but I don't think any of us would want to compare to, to compare The Wire to uh, Riverdale anytime soon. Yeah, but you just did, so uh, it's I know. official. I'm, They're in the same I'm league, guilty. everyone. Send me, send me to prison. Come on, Mad Dog. So in case anyone needs a little bit of a refresher, the gist of this episode is Archie has just entered juvenile detention facility, or they generally just call it prison. Now, what you don't know, Mike, is that the reason he's here is because he has been framed for murder by his girlfriend Veronica's father who has Mm -hmm. framed him uh, sort of in order to just get Archie out of the picture. Veronica seems to think it's like to break them up, but really it's more because Archie very openly threatened Hiram Lodge in the previous season, telling him like, I'm on to you. I know you're a criminal. And so that obviously didn't go well for Archie. So that's why he's in prison. Wait, so so did Hiram Lodge kill this kid that Archie's being framed for or did somebody else do it? Someone who works for him did. One of his uh, Capos because he's in the mob. Right, he's uh, he's like a mafia leader Oh yes, nothing guy. like the name Hiram Lodge says mob to me. Yes. So yeah, Hiram Lodge's like right-hand man is the one who killed this kid who was trying to rob Veronica and it, it was just a whole whole thing from the, from the Lake House episode in season two. And uh, these have blurred together so much and we've been jumping around so much that I couldn't remember like, did the riots already happen? I guess so. I guess that was season two. Yeah, I know. The right episode remember. is season two, and I think that's another uh, key episode for the list. If someone else wants to hop on and be fully spoiled on the series, we can get them to watch the riots. Yeah, okay. Joaquin is like, oh yeah, they got me during the riots. I'm like, wait, there were riots? Riverdale saw like civil unrest? Yeah, there was a full riot episode in season two where they make us think Jughead is dead for a second at the end. What? How does he get? How does he? How does he get supposedly killed? Well, does someone so take off Jughead, his hat? <laughs> Jughead is the um the the leader of a gang called the Southside Serpents. Mm, um, yes, which, I know the tattoo. Right. So, <laughs> and this is this is one of the things I've forgotten. So previously, Jughead's father FP was the leader of the Serpents, but he has retired and passed on to his seventeen-year-old uh, son. I guess sixteen. Well, can, can I can son. I um briefly interject to ask what does FP stand for? Uh, Forsyth Pendleton. Oh my. God. And so Jughead's real name is actually Forsyth Pendleton Jones the third. 
Yes. So F.P. Jones is Forsyth Pendleton Jones Jr., actually. And, uh, yep, so that's that's a great name. Jughead's sister's name is Jellybean, but she goes by J.B., because who wouldn't? Well, okay, so clearly the one, F.P. was, like, on crack for his second child, right? Or on meth <laughs> yeah. with his biker gang? I mean, they, no, the Southside Serpents are only, they're good, like, drug dealers. They only sell pot. They don't do the hard stuff, okay? That's something you need to know from season okay. one. Right. So then they, in comparison, uh, what's what's the deal with the Ghoulies, which sounds like <laughs> the, the least menacing gang name I've ever heard in my life. I think they're doing meth. Yeah, so the Serpents are more of your sort of classic leather jacket wearing biker gang, and the Ghoulies are more... <laughs> punk they're kind of like they've got like sequins and like choker oh, necklaces good. and like oh yes stuff the like much that. more serious Spikes. gang the one that's named ghoulies and wears sequins i i don't know why but to me the ghoulies i just think of them as like juggalos kind of yeah so they're they're like <laughs> they're like crackheads though kind of oh good is implied let's fear the juggalo crackheads that are stealing archie's shoes and this is why it's key to go back to like season one early season two when there were a lot more adults in these gangs and it was sort of like the child contingent were just the offspring of the adults in the gang pretty much somewhere around mid season two i don't know where the adults went but it's all kids in the gangs now so high schoolers are really running these things i don't know well here's my theory that i i love this and put here's my theory because I, I noticed that one of the kids mentioned over the course of this episode was a man by the name of benjamin button could there be a possibility <laughs> that a contingency of the people in Riverdale are adults growing older but looking younger at the same time. So Mary, what you posit is the younger members of these gangs are actually the adults. They just look younger. Yeah, that's possible. I, I love that so much. I, I love that. Um, yeah, the Ghoulies is run by Penny Peabody, who was a previously a serpent, but then joined the Ghoulies as well. So just another name thrown out there for you. Do the do the do the Ghoulies have tattoos as well? I don't think they do. Yeah, they don't have like a signifying tattoo. I don't know. They probably have some sort of like snap bracelet or something to signify that you're a Ghoulie. Uh, probably. Yes, that's amazing. That's incredible. But uh, so Penny Peabody used to have a serpent tattoo until Jughead. Cut Cut it off with a knife. So that's he, something that what? happened in Riverdale. <laughs> he skinned that part of her arm so she would no longer have a serpent tattoo. Um... That's but not- I think she did it back to him in the riot, so it's fine. Yeah, so that's even. it's like a recurring thing. Oh, is that how he died? He got skinned by the ghoulie leader? I think that was part of it. But like it's a recurring thing where people get tattoos just like cut off of them and then like you'll see them shirtless later on. And it's like, why how is there no scar from that? Yes. So just real quick, because we did we kind of dove right in. Mike, do you have any reference point for Archie comics in general? No, uh, I really do not. Like I know of Archie Jughead Ron. Monica and Betty, sort of like the love triangle going on there. It seems to be receded at this point. I'm not sure if the initial the initial iteration of Riverdale had that love triangle going on. They sort of split off into like, you know, Archie and Veronica and Jug T or whatever, Bethead. What is their, what is their, uh, Bughead. Their ship? Bughead. Okay, I like that one the best. Uh, Bughead. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I just Jug T. I, <laughs> I like Jug T way better. <laughs> 
But I, I, so I, I, that's the only thing I really know. I know that there was like a guy named Moose uh, at one point. There was, they had a teacher, I'm assuming, because they went to school. I know the Jughead ate a lot of hamburgers. I don't think uh, whichever Sprouse is appearing on this show is really digging into that anytime soon because he seems so moody. But that's the only access point I really have outside of when you guys were on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast. And somehow, maybe it was the work of the Gargoyle King himself. I completely forgot about the Gargoyle King <laughs> until he was brought up in this episode. And I got very confused. How can you forget about our, our king, the Gargoyle King? Yeah, Rob stands the Gargoyle King. But like, is he like an incubus? Like, is he some sort of weird sex cult ghost? Or he also can take the form of a tree? Like, this thing really confuses me. And also, I feel like you talked about dropping babies in the fire, but this feels like, I don't know, I guess the jump the shark moment of Riverdale, despite having not watched any of it, that now we have like a supernatural being involved in this high school drama. Yeah, season three, I definitely think is the is the low point in Riverdale in terms of jumping the start. Season two, season one was just a, your classic murder mystery. Father kills no. his son. We need to figure it out. I am. So, no, we cannot be perpetuating this idea that season one of Riverdale is somehow normal. Just because <laughs> it's more normal than seasons two and three does not make it normal. This show jumped the shark the first scene of the first episode when it <laughs> looks like there's like some twin cest going on into the river what? in their white outfits. And we need to stop acting like any of this is normal. It is not normal. And none of it was normal. It is not classic. They it, Like the show has like some classic plot lines throughout, but this show has been wild well, from sure, the first moment. In the, in the context of Riverdale, saving the, you know, drive-in movie theater from the guy who wants to buy it is much easier to digest than like the Gargoyle King. Yeah, but that doesn't make it normal. Okay, fine. Season two was mostly about another child's parent, Betty's father, who kind of went evil and became this serial killer. Oh. Very inefficient serial killer. I think he only actually kills like two people. Oh, that's hardly that's hardly a series. Yeah, he's not technically a serial killer because you have to kill three to count. Yeah, he, he attempts to murder several people. Actually, no, I, I do think he kills three now that I think about it because he killed the sugar man as well, who I forgot about. Who the hell is the sugar man? <laughs> okay, Ooh, well, the sugar, I have the sugar man sounds like a show. Was that the name of Betty's dad's like moniker? Was the Sugar Man like he was? No, the sugar he was man the killer? Black Hood. He was the Black Hood killer. The, okay, wait. Did, was it a crossover with Arrow? Why was he calling himself the Black Hood? Because he wore a black hood. I don't know if he called himself the Black Hood, but everyone else called him the Black Hood. But it's, it's so interesting though because you get this Gargoyle King stuff on top of like it seems like there's a reference to previous episodes here, like when you know Archie meets up with that gang. He's like, "You busted up when we had that drag race," and I'm like, "Okay, this sounds like Archie's a big old nerd." But uh, this sounds like something that would be conventional Riverdale. I assume that's a season one storyline. That was early season two, I believe. So Archie's whole thing is he's like, I'm the the good kid. And he's always trying to do what's right, even if he really shouldn't. Because like, don't tell the mafia leader that you know he's a mafia leader. Maybe that's not going to go down well for you. But he's just your classic, like, uh, he plays football and plays guitar and stuff. And that's kind of his thing. He's definitely the boringest character on the show. He's so bland and he sucks so much and they should have just let the grizzly bear kill him in season three. Yeah. The what kid? The what? Yeah, he fights He fights off a grizzly bear. For, he escapes from Riverdale to go to the Canadian hinterlands, which are not a real place, and he uh, fights off a grizzly bear and survives. That happens in this season of television that we are talking about today. 
Wow. I guess maybe like having your shoes stolen is probably the less uh, dangerous outcome. I will also say uh, the odd like random 30 seconds of what's his name, KJ Appa just like twiddling on a guitar was very <laughs> out of nowhere. Also like good on the prison for having just a gigantic music room that apparently nobody uses. Yeah, so I suspect that this music room is really the set that they use for the auditorium in like every other scene of this show. It, it, it seems weird that they said we have a music room, but it's like a stage in a big empty space. I'm not really sure. Also, I don't know if you want, like, prisoners using musical items, you know? Like, that could be easily be weapon. You could make, like, a, a guitar shiv, you know? Exactly. That is, um, I feel like you're, it's much more effective to just beat someone up with the guitar than to fashion a shiv out of it. Well, or you I take the strings off and do something with yeah, those. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it's true. It's gonna get gruesome. So, yeah, we, we see Archie in prison here where he's processed and then he tries to join the serpents, but he's not really a real serpent. He just has the tattoo for protection, which immediately does not work because he won't shiv a ghoulie. Yes. That, that, that one ghoulie, was he like injured or something? Because they kept cutting back to him and he had like his bare bicep just pressed up against the fence. Like was he showing off for somebody? Why put him in that pose? To, to be menacing. Yeah. Well, we forgot to mention that Archie is attending hot boy prison. So I think being shirtless and showing off your muscles is very key. But like who are you showing it off to? Unless, we didn't get into this episode, but are there like, are there prison wives coming up in this season of Riverdale? Well, well, Veronica's definitely a prison wife. Well, I mean, <laughs> so. I mean, but well, within, you know, I did think, I did think that, you know, whether, depending on this type of show, I thought Mad Dog was going to become one real quick with the way he looked at Archie's shoes. Yeah. So I'm going to give you three options here of what you think is going to happen with this prison pot line. And you tell me which one you think is the real one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So either Archie creates a new gang and sort of bands together with that new gang to take down the other two gangs. And that's how he wins the prison over. Does he just escape? in the night by climbing over one of the fences and then with Veronica and Reggie's help sort of goes off and then eventually everyone forgets about him and he just goes back to school it's never kind of explained or does he join the prison-based fight club that is run by Hiram Lodge as well which Ooh. I'm so relieved watching this episode back knowing that because remember when this episode aired and I was convinced that there was child sex trafficking happening and I yes. wouldn't let anybody say anything otherwise I'm so glad that we know that's not the case right so I'm gonna I, I think the fight club's gonna have because I'm thinking what allows for the maximum amount of like guy on guy shirtless action and I think yes. we had some football here albeit short lived so I think that he would indeed want to join the fight club for like a good reason you know he wants to join the fight club to shut it down from the inside because he's tapped yes he is tapped tapped into the fight club which is why Mad Dog has all this stuff because he's like the number one fight club dude in, in the secret underground fight yeah, club that's why he wait, has all like, of his pinup girls and stuff but wait how did he like they didn't have that stuff like he's not hey hey maury i'll take your tv like nobody else seemed to have that stuff he just he's getting it from the prison guards and from the warden so those are the people who are making the kids fight. And they're okay. betting money on it. So then yes. they win and then they, they buy him things to keep him, you know, doing well. So then why did Mad Dog die? He's not dead. No, he's not <gasps> dead. He'll show back up later. I what? don't remember when, Where but at some go? point. I don't I remember. I don't remember either. I don't think it's that important. I think he's just gone for a little while so that Archie what? can step in what? and be the new Mad Dog. <laughs> no, 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 no. They said he was dead. Archie felt upset. And so yeah, they but recruited they... <laughs> They also said it was a prison riot and it was a football game. Yeah, so that definitely didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that it hadn't happened or that it was like they killed him off screen, though I feel like they would probably show it on screen, right? Like Riverdale's edgy enough that they would show like a guard sneaking in and like putting a pillow over Mad Dog's face while he's doing tricep pushes or something. <laughs> 
tricep pushes. I can tell you're a big gym guy. Yeah, you know, when you push your triceps. As we saw from this episode during the football scene, the uh, trials and tribulations of high school football. Let's see. Let me see what the actual... That means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the highs and lows of high school football. Yeah, that pep talk. So they play this football game, and meanwhile, Veronica brings the River Vixens, which is the cheerleading team, over to sing Jailhouse Rock, which has always bothered me because when they claim that there was a riot that happened, which was really just the kids playing football, like, we got all these witnesses right here who saw that that was not the case, but I guess in this world Everyone is in Hiram's pocket. Yeah. Except for me and Archie. Well, I also wonder if it's like one of these things where at different portions of time, whatever services the plot, either the kids will be super believable or they won't be trusted at all because they're teenagers. You know, so like I can imagine all these, like the Vixens, the Pixies, uh, they all speak up about it. And then Hiram Lodge is like, no, 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 don't trust these stupid teenage girls. They had their hormones running. There was definitely a riot going on. So wait, were they lip syncing or were they actually singing? Were they, or were they supposed, quote unquote, supposed to be singing Jailhouse Rock? I think they were supposed to be singing it yeah they cut a, a nice instrumental track for that sick boombox so that they could uh they could sing it just like that and it's also it's so they want the characters in this show to sing so badly and people can feel free to listen to our uh, last recap of their Hedwig and the Angry Inch episode that is season four episode 17 what? To, to get my rage on that it's the worst episode of television I've ever seen Mike don't watch it you should love yourself more they're not great singers so like everything is always so just like sanitized into such an upbeat pop song and like heavily auto-tuned every single time and it's so annoying that we're supposed to believe that that's how they really sound wow so they heavily pursue because we talked about this beforehand about whether you wanted to have me on for this or one of the many multiple musical episodes that have come out throughout Riverdale so they want to put this out so greatly either based on the success of Glee or the success of like the fact that they just happen to cast everyone for their superhero shows as like really really good singers that they're going to force these people into singing multiple times like a million times so the season one in particular a big thing with Archie comics is that's crossover with Josie and the Pussycats which was another comic and a movie and things like that and so Josie was in this episode briefly she's one of the um, river vixens and she and the other two Pussycats were a band that was pretty prominent in the first season of Riverdale they played at a lot of different sort of events and it wasn't it wasn't like Glee it was a lot more just like oh we're at this event and Josie the Pussycats are gonna play which was a good backdrop for whatever heist was going on meanwhile that they could flash back and forth to Archie was also into music and he did a lot more of the sort of like solo dude on the guitar singing a song about beckoning and reckoning kind of thing what yeah he has he has a song in like one of the first few episodes where he rhymes beckoning and reckoning it's a song that he has written and is singing about his music teacher who he was sleeping with oh the one that died yeah that one miss grandy same one Oh, Miss Grundy. Killed by the Black Hood. Very sad. Oh, not, no. Not sad at all. That was everyone's least favorite plot line. And we're really glad they wrapped it up in four episodes. But yeah, this was this was a weird moment, especially leading up to like Veronica and this girl Cheryl seemed to be like, I don't know, they seemed to be button heads the entire time. And Cheryl seemed pretty quickly to hop on and be like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do this thing with you. Maybe it's because they all wanted to see these boys hump the fence because that's what we got gratuitously throughout yes. this song. It's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, so after they sort of dialed back the Josie and the Pussycats stuff, 
Veronica and Cheryl and very rarely, but sometimes Betty, will sing along with Josie usually for different sort of events. And then it kind of segues into this like Veronica is always singing while Archie's always fight scening it up. And that's kind of where we're and at. And the, the most iconic one is in season four. Veronica is singing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting uh, in her illegal speakeasy while Archie is like in a huge fight and it flashes back and forth and it's incredible. Wow. That could not be more on the nose whatsoever. Yes. But was it done in like a sultry, edgy style or was it like done with the bright poppiness of the original Elton John song? It was poppy. Yeah, it was poppy. Oh, good. You're right yeah. on tone for that big fight scene. Yeah, so that that's a pretty common thing. And then once per season, not in the first season, but in second, third, and fourth seasons, one time sort of towards the end of the season, they'll do a full-on musical episode. The first one was on Carrie the Musical, the second one was on Heathers, and the most recent was on Hedwig. So, so wait, are they are they performing songs from the musical? Like, are they putting on the show, or are they randomly singing songs from the musical throughout the episode? The first two times they were putting on the show, the time with Hedwig, they were pretty much just randomly singing songs. And oh, they, they and they butchered. It was they bad. absolutely butchered the, Hed- the Hedwig songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not like a show tackling a sensitive subject like Hedwig and the Angry Inch could not be handled with the force of a blunt hammer like Riverdale and these horny teens could do. At the point where Cheryl is singing Sugar Daddy to her principal. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, so basically the principal's like, you know what? Performing a song from Hedwig is not appropriate for a high school variety show. Uh, Kevin, you have to pick something else. And so then Cheryl's like, listen, I can convince him that Hedwig songs are fine. So then she performs Sugar Daddy. And he, she's like, see? And he's like, did you not listen? Did you not listen to the lyrics you just sang? Like, this is not appropriate for school. And she's uh, foiled once again. Okay, well, good. I'm glad she didn't sleep with him because apparently that seems to be like a no. non-zero chance of something happening oh, like that in Riverdale. and the principal is played by the same actor who played Jack in Dawson's Creek, if that means anything to you. It doesn't. I know Jack's, Jack from another show, but uh, not, not no, any, no, I've not been a Dawson's Creeker. I'm wow. stayed away from major bodies of water. So the, the conundrum here that they have with Cheryl is that the character was supposed to be sort of a, a small-ish character, the kind of a sort of popular mean girl at school, but doesn't really have any real friends. And then you find out that she's kind of got a hard life and you feel bad for her. That was kind of her whole deal back in like season one. But the actress is just so darn likable that mm. the uh, show has kind of written her into a bigger character and they'll kind of just plug her in and give her moments and scenes in episodes where she really doesn't serve a purpose which is why she's sometimes the foil to Veronica and sometimes like their best friend who helps out it's a little bit confusing but she's around a lot and she has the best outfits so that's well I mean on it. top of that I was like wait is she where why is she just in lingerie in the middle of the, of the gym dressing room uh, yeah all of these kids have way better underwear than either uh, me or Kirsten did in high school probably yeah I think that's fair it just doesn't seem practical for your typical PE though I don't know the PE teacher's probably like a zombie or something at the school so it probably doesn't matter at this point i mean who knows if they even have a pe teacher yeah unclear this show this season is the most kind of like magical there's a like we mentioned with the babies (laughs) and the fire like we don't 
really understand a lot of stuff that's happening. It kind of all tries to get wrapped up to where it like theoretically could happen and that anything that's sort of weird could be because they're hallucinating or oh there were drugs involved. They never like explicitly state oh this is magic. They really really try to skirt around that. So the Gargoyle King which is the other main plot line of this episode we haven't really touched on. What are your initial thoughts? I know you listened to the Robin Akiva Nita podcast episode but did this give you any more clarity? No because this <laughs> happened before that episode right? So this yeah. actually gave me less in that they just mentioned the Gargoyle King. They drew this weird picture of what looks like a puppet from my senior year theater production and they said oh yeah this is this is what the Gargoyle King is. It doesn't look like a gargoyle to me unless it's this thing where like the king of the gargoyles isn't actually a gargoyle. In that case the gargoyles are they should rise up. They shouldn't have a non-gargoyle leading them. Yeah eat the gargoyle king. I say so. I could never figure out why the Gargoyle King looked more like a twig monster, which is kind of how I described him. He's He's got kind of feathery wings, and then his face looks like a cow skull, kind of. I don't know. It's very weird. I mean, um, it makes sense why, like, you. I, I think the kids were right initially to dismiss this, because it does look like a weird, like, Dungeons and Dragons creature that, like, a horny 17-year-old would put together, right? Like, oh, he has the skull of a cow, and he's got crow's wings, and he's got deer feet, just like throwing on the, the your favorite animal parts into one hideous creature. Those are your favorite animal parts? Not mine, but I'm putting myself in the face of <laughs> Dilton, Dilton Denny or whatever his name was. Dilton Doily. This is the, the the end of the first episode is really when we first, or the end of the first episode in season three was where we first hear about this Gargoyle King. And so there's still, the characters in the show know about as much about him as we do at this point from watching this episode. He's, it's, it's a game that's very much like Dungeons and dragons except question mark real the the people who play it seem to get sort of brainwashed into thinking that it's real there's obviously someone or something in this kind of costume walking around in the woods as well that's going on and a lot of the players end up doing a drug called fizzle rocks while they play which i think contributes to the hallucinations yeah there well because i don't think we found out about the fizzle rocks but we knew about the drink right that like the really oddly overtly creepy doctor told them about yes fresh aid doctor Curdle Jr. Do we know whatever happened to actual Dr. Curdle? Like, did the actual actor just, like, not want to do it? I'm assuming his son ate him. <laughs> I assume <laughs> that Dr. Curdle Sr.'s actor just didn't want to be in the show anymore, is my best guess. Which is, you know what? That's a fair decision to make. Was Curdle was, was Sr. as creepy as his son, though? Because his yes. son, like, from the first time we see him, like, displayed under this light, this man looks like he keeps at least, I don't know, 12 slaves in his basement. They, they look very similar. I feel like the show didn't even need to tell me that this was his son. They could have just pretended it was the same person. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, he's like, I've, I got, I got, I put another face on my face. It's still me, Dr. Curdle. I love faces. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, the Cooper family, so Betty and her mom, seem to have some sort of connection to the Curdles where they can get any information they want from them for, for small bills. So I think it's because they're the only ones that know that Curdle Jr. ate his dad. And so they're holding that information above his head. Yeah, they just give him small bills and uh, it's all it takes to get whatever information you want. 
Yeah. So Betty and Jughead are the kind of investigative duo of this show. And let me, uh, let, can, can we take a temperature at this point for Jug T? Are they like, are they on the <laughs> rocks? Are they together? Because like, it seemed like they were saying like, we get to investigate things like we used to. And I'm like, okay, were things a little awkward now? But then they kiss. So I was very confused about it. Oh that. yeah. No, they're, they're pretty, pretty strong together. They broke up briefly in season two, but they're definitely together now. They broke up during the drag race episode that was previously mentioned. I, I don't remember what the, Oh, I think the Black Hood told Betty she had to break up with Jughead. I don't know. Well, okay. When you said Drag Race, it, to me, that means something very different than what it means in this show. No, I, mean, so I, I just got a, very confused. Wait, just you wait. It's coming. It's season five. You know it's coming. Like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch was only the beginning. Actually, though, um, there's a spinoff show to Riverdale called Katie Keen, which happens like a few years later. And the only crossover character is Josie from Josie and the Pussycats. But there's like drag performances in almost every episode of that. Uh, because what, Katie why? Keen's roommate why? is a drag queen. Oh. And Shangela actually was in one episode. Okay, d- d- who's Katie Keen? Did we see her this episode, or is she already gone at this point? No, she was never in Riverdale. Oh, she's, okay. she's Katie Keen is another like comic book in the universe of the Archie comic, but it's not something that we like ever. It's actually less of a spinoff see. and more of a crossover. Yeah, I guess sort of. maybe spinoff was the wrong word. Yeah, it's I, it's sort of like a, a another show under like the umbrella of the Riververse, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I know I, I, I know I keep making comparisons to. The CW superhero shows, but it's sort of like the Flash to Arrow, where like the one is not a spinoff of the other, but they both exist in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. So like the same as the Sabrina show that's on right now is more or less in the same universe. They never mention each other. But, no, like, they they'll do. Mention, in they mention the adventures town. of Sabrina. Right. They're literally outside of Thornhill. Yes, and they, they mention and they, the blossoms. Right, and on Riverdale they'll mention Greendale, which is where where Sabrina community lives. takes place. Yes, we all right. know. Yes. So the, yeah, Katie Keene is more like. The connection there is if you said, oh, let's take a friend of Veronica's and sort of friend of Josie's and then make a show about them, but from Archie Comics. So yeah, there there are drag queens in that show. Not so much in Riverdale so far, at least, except for except for the Hedwig episode, which was, we don't talk about it. Not good. Well, we did talk about it a lot. And if people want to hear me literally lose my mind in anger, they can go listen to that episode. That does sound appealing. So back to Dilton Doy Doy or whatever his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what about him? That has to be the dumbest name I've ever heard in my life. I'm sorry, Jughead. Jughead is a nickname. This man's name is Dilton Doily. Yep, pretty sure that's a comic book name. But what about Archibald Andrews? Well, that's that's just an old-fashioned name. (laughs) Yeah, see, there are some names that's like, okay, it's the 50s. Like, I can get away. Like, Ethel Beavers, you know? Uh, Like, or I I don't know if her last name is Beavers. I might be confusing her with a Parks and Rec character. Ethel Ethel, Muggs. Yeah, Ethel Ethel Muggs. I'm like, okay, this makes sense because Ethel was like a boomer name and they were babies back then. Uh, but Dilton Doily in no time period has ever been a good name ever because it sounds like a mistake. It sounds like somebody <laughs> smudged their writing on the birth certificate and they came up with the name Dilton Doily. It sounds like a mistake. It's not quite Danny and it's not quite Milton. It's Dilton. I'm going to look up D- the name Dilton and see what comes and up. And Dilton Doily and Ben Button, which we didn't know that his last name was Button until this episode, I believe. That's true. Previously, his name had just been Ben. So the two of them were not really big characters. They were in the first couple seasons, but they were just kind of like there occasionally in the background. They weren't really that big. Ben, like they mentioned here, used to work at the Twilight Drive-In along with Jughead, but it's it was really, really small. So the two of them have found this Wait, no, I'm game. sorry. I need to say something. 
something. Okay. So I Googled it. Dilton to see like what the origin of this name is. And what came up was an article about a back issue of Archie Comics. And there's apparently a plot line where Dilton Doily was once possessed by a sentient jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> What? What? <laughs> um, it was probably uh, one of the ghoulies jean jackets. So yes, yeah, true. literally, Wait. there was a whole issue about him getting. It was in two thousand and six. Oh, okay. So like, there's no and... like, there's no pe- excuse of like, well, it was the past. They were running out of issues. No, this is from m- less than fifteen years ago. Wow, it's it's because they were doing denim as like a play on venom. <laughs> Well, if they could do their edgy Spider-Man comics, we could certainly do our version here on Archie Comics. Oh my god, that's incredible. Sorry, I, I, everyone needed to know. Of all okay. the characters to get possessed by a jacket, of course it's Dilton Doily. Oh gosh. Well, so Dilton has not been possessed by a jacket, but he has been, <laughs> I don't know, brainwashed by the Gargoyle King game, which we get by the end of this episode to be something that the parents of all of the kids in town, even even though they're not friends and some of them are sworn enemies, they all get together to discuss the fact that they have some sort of history with this Gargoyle King stuff and that it may be coming back to Riverdale to take over their kids. So I guess is our assumption then that like all of these parents, what, they went to high school together and they just stayed in town? Yeah. A lot of them stayed in town. One or two of them left and then came back. But yeah, they pretty much all just stayed in town. Riverdale's kind of like, you're born there, you die there. Yeah, Riverdale's like Degrassi or just like... you. You can't leave the physical barriers of the town. You're trapped in there like it's a dome. Yes, it's a lot like that. Except Degrassi is good. <laughs> yeah, Riverdale is, is a complicated town because it's like a small town, but also has multiple gangs and right. is run by a mobster. So there's that. It's the Springfield thing, right? It can be as small or as big as you want it to be. We're like, maybe it's not recognized by any big towns, but also maybe there's a drive-in and a bowling alley and pops and the like everything in there that would not ordinarily be in a small town. Can I talk for a second about this the name what was it gargoyles and and ghosts or whatever the name of the game was? griffins and gargoyles yes, yes. Please. so this is something that i'm always intrigued by is this idea of like a, a podcast that i listen to calls them palports where like you can't use the brand name but you still want to mock it so you do like it's not dungeons and dragons it's griffins and gargoyles but my mm-hmm. favorite one from this episode which is one of the stupidest ones i've heard in recent memory is tgi thursdays which is so lazy and just so like oh instead of tgi fridays it's tgi thursdays like that what is that that's nothing that doesn't even make any sense so you are in luck we keep track of these on kowski cast we call them close but no cigars mary do you want to uh read mike some of the other close but no cigars sure. from riverdale yeah, definitely. So I'm actually looking here. We appear to have not even written down Griffins and Gargoyles as one of them because we thought it was so blatant, but we can add that now. So it started off small. Season one, episode one, couple of them, Mall Mart instead of Walmart <laughs> or the Met Ball instead of the Met Gala. The best one okay. yeah. is when they say Grindum for Grinder. Right. Oh God, yeah, that grind-um, sounds even worse. <laughs> yeah, is one, you know, Solstice Gym. My favorite was an entire episode where where they mentioned 10 different types of candy that were off. So butter flingers, <laughs> skit scats, senior refreshers, three <laughs> buccaneers. Of course, there's Vibes magazine. There's Sarah Florence instead of Sarah Lawrence. What? Uh, that tw- doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yes. San Junipero water. And then another great one that is very close to the TGI Thursdays is 23 hour fitness. Why would they, why would you market yourself as that? We're open all the time except for one 
hour of the day. <laughs> yep, that's our lunch break, okay? The Glamourge egg, a game lad, Fizzle Rocks, Glamazon, Glamazon, yeah, American Excess, Vanity Flare. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. It's it's just chock full in this show. But yeah, this episode did give us TGI Thursdays. Is the candy industry in Riverdale just like completely hit rock bottom considering they named things Skit Scat and Senior <laughs> Refreshers? Yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad when they don't make sense either. There is a a, a place that they mentioned going to called the Five Seasons as well. What? So. That's not physically possible. Well, the you know. fifth season is friendship. Yeah, the fifth or a fifth <laughs> season is umami. Uh, yeah, I that is so. It's just always interesting to me. Like The Simpsons did a really bad one with Apple. They just called it Mapple, which just <laughs> makes no like call it call ban- it like orange yeah, at least. Call, or something. call it banana. Like go for another fruit. Dude, just put an M in front of it. And the guess what? Guess who the leader of Mapple was called? Steve Mobs. Okay, no, I was literally gonna guess that. It, 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 so I just love. I'm so intrigued. Again, this is why I enjoy these types of shows is because I'm just so intrigued by the choices that are made here. Of like, well, instead of TGI Fridays, what if it's TGI Thursday? Make it TGI Saturday. I don't know. I mean, TGI Thursday is so funny though. It, it, thank God it's Thursday. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, I just think it's so funny that there would be a restaurant called TGI Thursdays. Well, at least I guess that's the competitor to Pops, which Veronica owns at the ripe age of 17, I'm assuming. Is she 17 yet? Uh, It's hard to even tell. I don't know. These kids are given businesses before they're even like legal. That's right. And she got her business because she she like held someone hostage to get a bunch of money and then used the oh money to buy God. the business. And I just want to point out, Mike, that this Pops that she owns is the first of three to four businesses that she will own throughout this show. <laughs> She's so got Veronica, three jobs. Veronica is an entrepreneur before she could even go to college. I absolutely yes. love it. One of our least favorite or at least my biggest pet peeves with this show is that they will take jobs away from the parents where the parents literally are uh, unemployed, but Veronica just racks up positions. So we have a quick scene in the beginning of this episode where we see Archie's father, Fred Andrews, played by the late, great Luke Perry, along with Skeet Ulrich playing Jughead's father, FP, and Kevin's father, which we just call Sheriff Keller, despite the fact that he has not been the sheriff since midway through season two, I believe. Oh yeah, I I thought we saw the sheriff when that cop really did not do her job well and walked in and told a full room of people that a kid was missing. Yes, that is Sheriff Minetta, who is the new sheriff put in place by Hiram Lodge. So anyway, these three fathers, the core of the River Zaddies, they they don't really have jobs, I don't think. I don't think any of them do at this point in the show. No, Luke Perry ha- owns a construction company. Right, yeah, it just doesn't do much business. Oh, they can build all these random buildings that are apparently built the newest TGI Thursdays. Uh, do you think that there's going to be like a storyline in the future where like some sort of contingency rises up in protest of the parents that say like Veronica's taking all our jobs we need some they really should that my my biggest pet peeve actually with the show even though I just claimed that the river daddy's not having jobs is more specifically it's that in the end of season two Veronica mentions that she's going to open this speakeasy and that Jughead's father is going to run it which never happens I mean she does open the speakeasy but Jughead's father just does not get that job for whatever reason oh you shot too high FP should have gone for like a middle management position. FP, previous gang leader, does become the new sheriff after Sheriff Mineta, though. Wh- why? Why Why did they decide that he was the one that should be put in charge of weaponry? Because why not? Yeah, because he looks really great in the sheriff uniform. He I mean, does. He, act- he actually does. <laughs> he looks really great. Not as good as he does with the glass 
glasses when he's giving Archie the tattoo. But well, anyway. So I have a question about, do Archie and Veronica have a ship name? Varchi. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, so I, do they have like pet names for each other? Like I heard her say Archie Kins, but do they call each other anything? Yeah, I actually wrote down in my notes th- on this viewing that her talking to his father and saying no one's going to mess with my Archie Kins is like really disturbing to watch. You should not say that in front of someone's parent. No, d- full stop. You should not say that. You didn't right. have to qualify. Yes. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't put Kins at the end of every, anyone's name. That's just she a good calls her father Daddykins. Oh, stop Stop it with the kins, Veronica. I don't know. I think he might call Veronica V sometimes. Betty sometimes calls Veronica V. I don't know if he has any. Mm. Oh, he calls her Ronnie. That's right. Uh, Okay. Well, I have a suggestion for names that they could call each other. Okay. How about uh, Macaronica and Archie's? (laughs) Anyways. Um, I, so... I, I just had that thought while I was walking the dog before, and I Macaronica thought, oh. and Archie's. Um, no, nope. I think I don't let's think let's make the, let's get the slash fiction going for their little mac and cheese date, where they dig into the pasta and much more. That well, Macaronica and Archie's. Nope. I'm pretty sure slash doesn't mean what you think it means. No, like... that's definitely not what slash fiction. <laughs> no, is. slash means they go on a date. No, yep, uh, that's not. It's not what no. slash. They eat some macaroni and cheese. That's what slash meant. It's the okay. shape of the pasta that they eat. And we're gonna steer away from this. Is it a bad look for Jughead that he didn't visit his best friend in prison this episode? Yes. Nobody visits him except Veronica and Reggie and and this mysterious woman at the end of the episode. Who might that be? Who yeah, was who looking could, at him? Our our favorite character, Monica Posh. Who could she possibly be? That girl in the horrible wig. Yeah, she just continues Riverdale's list of people in horrible wigs here's the thing about Riverdale for like one second they tried to pretend to the audience that Betty Veronica Archie and Jughead were like this hardcore friends trio where they're always hanging out and being best friends they're never actually all together doing anything I think occasionally they'll all get together but then it's like they all get together and then go off in their pairs and and bang so that's kind of what happens sometimes they don't even go off sometimes they're all in one room what yep that happens a lot actually a lot not a lot, not... like more more than once or twice. This is is this spurred on by any uh, fizzy lifting drink or whatever the the cult is making them take? Mm, not that we know of. No, I think they're just uh, just horny teens. I think that's pretty much just it. Betty and Jughead tend to actually like handle most of the plot. <laughs> they kind of like, oh, there's a bad guy. There's a mystery of the season. They're gonna be the two that are gonna solve it. Oh, interesting. Okay, so they so they have sort of been like the big mystery solvers. How did Betty react when she found out her dad was the Black Hood? Great. Not well. Yeah, not great. She she kind of went a little quiet for a couple episodes. Stopped going to school for a little while. Thought that she was a bad guy. And then she dropped out to run drugs and missed out on the highs and lows of football. Exactly. You know, I think Betty is the only one in the entire show who never takes any of the drugs, I think. Mm, when does Jughead do drugs? <sighs> it's a good point. Jughead might not either, but Jughead does get a lot more sucked into the G&G kind of thing than she That does. is true. He like, le- they make us think he's like legitimately obsessed only to be like, oh, haha, he was doing a case the whole time. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're sort of like the the Nancy Drews, like the, the mystery files of Shelby Woo, like the intrepid teen journalists that are going to solve the case when the cops can't. Exactly. Yeah, Baxter brothers and Tracy True, if you will. I wish we could never 
talk about that again. Thank you. Yeah, so they're they're basically the ones solving all the mysteries. Somehow, Archie always gets credit for saving the day, even though he never <laughs> actually does. Congratulations, Archie. You solved the big mystery from prison. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we made a lot of bets when we were watching this season the first time around about how many episodes would Archie actually be in prison for. And it was a lot more than we thought. We thought it was only going to be like two. I think it ends up being more like seven or eight, probably. Wow, that's a good chunk of the season. Out. Yeah, there's a lot of fight club that happens and then he eventually escapes and then he escapes just in time for them to find the evidence that like rescues him and uh gets him out of out of the it clears his name yeah it, it clears his name it's it's a little weird because the the real the real bad guy of this season for the most part is Hiram Lodge I mean there is this gargoyle king running around but it's kind of like Scooby-Doo the gargoyle king gets his mask ripped off like three or four times to be three or four different people Whoa, pretending to be like a yeah exactly yes and so by the end of the season when they reveal who the actual gargoyle king is it's a little unclear of like but was it this person in all the scenes or was it one of those other guys who might have been the gargoyle king we we tried to think about it we tried to break it down we kind of gave up because it didn't didn't make a whole lot of sense and then there's the like b plot line of the farm which is the cult that's coming to town which we saw edgar evaner evernever's daughter evelyn in this episode briefly she didn't really do much she was just kind of there no but she's helping cause the seizures yes and would you believe that she's really like 25 and uh is not a high schooler oh you like, mean, I, mean, I don't mean the actress i mean the character yeah oh. she's not not actually his child i was gonna say like mary i think i have something to tell you about literally every actor on the show <laughs> Yeah, the character, the, her big reveal is that she's she's not actually a, a high schooler. And, and yet, after they figure out that she's not, a high, that's not her downfall. Like, she continues to go to high school. This high school is point. also so, I mean, I guess we didn't see too much into this high school. But, like, when they were confronting Ethel, I was, I'm like, okay, are they, like, where are they? Like, there's this really festively decorated lounge with a sofa and everything. And I guess it's in the school and Riverdale's education department that just has a lot of money to spare. Yeah, that's the student lounge. No, Mike, you're a you're a Boy Meets World fan, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So in in Boy Meets World, they, if you remember, in the high school, their uh, their like sort of hangout area was just one couch that was in one end of the hallway. That was kind of like the thing. And then they flipped the set in the opposite direction when they became seniors and went to the senior hall, which was pretty great. In Riverdale, they've definitely taken a step up. It follows in the CW's history of needing to give the kids like really cool places to hang out. And so it starts with the high school, I don't know, student lounge area and then is going to transition into veronica's speakeasy which is not a real speakeasy (laughs) because it doesn't serve alcohol and then only when it does serve alcohol it gets busted and then they open up another speakeasy to cover up this one oh these these cops are really flummoxed playing whack-a-mole with all the (laughs) non-alcoholic speakeasies popping up around town i mean is is the maple club a speakeasy or is it like a mail order rum business it's a little bit complicated it was previously a brothel also okay great yeah, there's a one of the kids' parents. Cheryl's mother is just really interested in starting a brothel in town. That's her whole thing, along with poisoning people. And then the third hangout spot in Riverdale we got a glimpse of for the first time this episode is the uh, the Bang Bunker, as we call it. The that's a hangout place. It's where they go to have sex. The teens. Yeah. Okay, this it reminds me a bit. Of, I don't know if either one of you have seen Grease too. Uh, but oh, that, yes. of yeah, that I makes have. a lot of sense. Let's do it for our country. That scene. I don't know what it is about bunkers, but apparently. 
internally, I don't know, the uh, inevitable sense of claustrophobia and doom and gloom just provides think, those those hormones. No, I you think know, it's reproduction. like uh, if you are a teenager, you don't have that many opportunities to have a private place to be alone with your sweetie. So if you have a place that you can like fully lock yourself away from the world, it's like, oh my God, it's not the backseat of a car. It's not like sneaking in and out of the house. It's like a private place. And so I think that's kind of why. And it doesn't look like much in this episode, but by season four, the bang bunker, you know, there's a lot of candles. It's kind of nice. They, they We do get a peek to see that there appears to be a bathroom in there, which is helpful. It's not secret though. Everyone goes there at one time or another. Riverdale's thing, there's a lot of YouTube videos about this, is that it, it doesn't have great writing and it tends to write itself in these corners, but it sort of acts like the way to get out of that is just to call itself out for its writing. Ugh. You know, in, in episode one, you see Kevin as Betty's best friend and he starts to be a little cliche, but they feel like it's fine because one of the characters calls out, isn't it cliche that you're just the gay best friend? That sort of thing happens a lot. And so like Cheryl tells someone later on in season three, you know, feel free to go have sex in the bang bunker, but bring your own sheets because everybody has slept in there. So they kind of just do that a lot. Wait, so who do Betty and Jughead like leak the location of the bunker? Or was this just more common sense knowledge that they didn't know about beforehand? Well, so they end up using the bunker as a place to hide Archie when they break him out of prison. Okay, that makes sense. That's when kind of everyone finds out and then it just becomes a place that they can use whenever they need like a private spot. Is this, does it does, does Archie hide out with the little kid in the bunker that we saw at the end of that episode? I don't think we ever see that kid again. I don't know. So they kind of like, it's Dilton's bunker, but they've conveniently killed off Dilton so the other characters can use the bunker but Ethel still sort of has a little bit of ownership of it because she knows about it and so they pretty quickly have to sort of get rid of Ethel they don't kill her but they send her to a, a institution oh, is that, is that what, what ha- is that what uh, is caused by the seizure where she thrusts her hand in the air like she's about to do thriller before keeling over <laughs> Yes, and so the girls having seizures is like a big plot point this season where it turns oh out there's God. something there's I something can't believe the, that's a sentence. There's something in the water that makes the teenage girls have seizures, but nobody else. There's literally a scene at one point where there's like eight cheerleaders on the ground all having a seizure at the exact same time. Woof. Uh, and that's one where they like you think it's like a mythical, magical thing, and then it's like, oh, there's something in the water. And it's like, what is in the water that is it's causing It's runoff this? from the drug factory, but for some reason is only affecting the teenage girls. Of all those fourth uh, fourth grade dropouts are working in the drug factory to pump things out to support <laughs> exactly. their nanas. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so this season, you know, we got a lot of new locations. Got the jail for a little while. Archie's going to start a fight club outside of the jail because once he's in the prison fight club, he kind of becomes obsessed with punching, as we as we know. A and so he right he uses his punchaholism once he's outside of prison to to start a, a boxing gym. Hmm. And I think he boxes all of the all of the kids who played Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, Griffins and Gargoyles. I think that happens at one point. Wait, like, do they go to prison and he boxes them, or do he just he just happens to box them well, while he's out of prison? He when he's out of prison and he opens the the boxing gym, there is like a whole thing where so he's he's like a character within the game called the Red Paladin, and so all of these kids. <laughs> 
playing griffins and gargoyles are told that they need to go defeat the red paladin and because archie's been tapped i guess and so uh so he he has to battle all of the all the kids and i I think he wins the griffins and gargoyles thing even ends up like with the warden of this prison ends up drinking the cyanide at one point and like calling archie the red paladin too like it's like everyone gets like addicted to it it's crazy well it's it's crazy because you'd think that like i mean i guess maybe it does prove that like everything nerdy back in the day was popular now that like even the wardens of the prison are playing the dungeons and dragons knockoffs and they're dying because of it yeah i mean we we've covered that like in no real world would everyone in school start playing dungeons and dragons and become obsessed with it to this extent i think that's where the drugs come in that they're all a little bit brainwashed into wanting to play this game but it's not just like a tabletop game it's like a pretty soon after playing the tabletop game you feel like you need to go out in the real world and really fight evil Okay. Situation. So it's less mind control and it's more just like an a motivation. <laughs> Motivational. Basically, speaking. they're just LARPing. So <laughs> I can just imagine now like Archie getting encumbered by all these guys going like Firebolt, Firebolt. <laughs> it's a lot like that. <laughs> Yep. They'll like dress up in costumes and like actually do like sword fights instead of like rolling dice. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure someone does a William Tell moment where they shoot an apple off someone's head or they're, something. Yeah, they're trying to. That's the um the Southside Serpents when they get addicted. Right. Everybody gets addicted to G and G. So it's you know, it's a crazy season. It it, it definitely I, I've never binge watched season three. I've only done that for the first two seasons. It's probably Probably better on a binge, but honestly, it's just so ridiculous that it's a little, it's a little hard to tell. So obviously, R.I.P. Benjamin Button at the end of this. Uh, why does this hospital have windows that open like that? We still don't know, and we had the same question when we watched this the first time. That just feels like terrible, terrible negligence. I don't know. I don't know if uh, Archie's dad built the hospital, but I think he maybe should have put a lock on the windows from the outside or something. Or like just not had them open so wide. Like I feel like windows don't open that wide anymore. Yeah, they definitely don't. Uh, It's like a a little crack. In general, I also think that people who are in the hospital from potentially committing suicide are are usually not left in that sort of situation. But did they explain how Benjamin Button came out of his coma? Um, He got better. Yeah, I think he just like (laughs) popped out of it. um, Maybe because of the little uh, totem charm thing that Ethel made for him. Uh, Oh, yeah, the Blair Witch. Yeah, the opposite of the Gargoyle King. Now, the only other real plot line in this episode is... uh, uh, Kevin and Moose, which so, are two characters you... <laughs> well, it's either Coos or Movin. We haven't decided. Oh, it's gotta be Movin. Yeah, we yeah, like Movin better. One. You say like, ooh, this plot line is Movin. Yes. So <laughs> we we mostly just hear about how they're joining the RROTC, which we like as the Rotsi. Yeah, I was very confused with this, and I, I watched this with my wife, Angela, and she, I think she balked at it less than I did, but when, when I was, back when I was in high school, we had ROTC, but we didn't include the name of our town in it, you know? <laughs> Like, we just called it ROTC, not the Riverdale ROTC. Well, that's because you live in the real world with real naming conventions. I don't even know if this plot goes anywhere. I really don't think it does. I think they, they join the Razi and then it turns out that, that Moose's dad pretends to be the Gargoyle King at one point. Or maybe the Black oh, Hood. Yeah, I don't no, remember. no, no. Um Moose's dad finds out about Kevin and Movin and Kevin and Movin, Kevin and Moose, and is so horrified at the concept of having a gay son that he dresses up as the Gargoyle King and like tries to scare them straight. 
But I think it's like because he also is secretly gay, I think. What? I don't I, remember. I don't feel confident putting that out there. Uh, it's it's hard to remember. It's not that important. I think they just, they, they told the actor who played Kevin that he was a main cast member and then they kind of forgot uh, to give him parts. Oh no. Well, when, how, yeah. how long has the Kevin Moose thing been going on? Well, it went on through this season and then at some point in this season, Moose leaves and then Pop back up in season four and then he leaves again where, where so, did he go <laughs> it's a good question he goes to live with his aunt i think and then and then he pops up at jughead's uh boarding school that jughead goes to in season four so and then, and he, then he, joins he joins the, the army. army yeah <laughs> so i'm not really sure but it looks like that rotsy paid off yeah that rotsy is gonna yeah. really pay off spades on the battlefield with moose yes so there's a lot of that it's just like a it's just kind of sad yeah this, this feels this feels the most conventional high school right is this idea of like like, you know, the, the the person in the closet still need to come out to their parents and sort of like being forced to play something else, like pushing away the guy that he's sort of been consorting with. This felt the most conventional and served as a nice like normal anchor, relatively speaking, to just the insane ship that these other two plot lines were. Well, and this is something I talk about a lot and think about a lot and rant to my sister about, which is Riverdale, it's weird because it feels that it needs to have all this plot in it. Whereas when, if you look at like other CW shows, people bring up One Tree Hill a lot as well as shows that are more about the characters like you could you could do Riverdale fine and not have any of these bad guys or whatever even if mm-hmm. you just had Hiram Lodge is the bad guy but we don't need any of this other plots Archie does not go to prison there's no you know gargoyle king and instead just sort of explored the relationships between the characters because people like the characters and they're from the comic books that would be enough and it would be fine for the show the show is perfectly happy killing off random side people in these crazy ways but it doesn't let characters actually experience a whole lot of relationship or emotional hurt. When characters break up, they get back together pretty quickly. They, you know, if somebody has a secret, you find out about it the next episode. It's instant gratification. There's no long builds. They're they're so afraid of doing anything major, you know, whereas like in One Tree Hill, they'll have characters, you know, get married and then separate for half a season because they can. Was One Tree Hill the one where the guy lost his toe or something and the toe got got eaten or am I thinking of another show I, that I do is definitely a different a, show no I think that that's a real one tree hill thing that I haven't seen somebody I don't remember like, doesn't a dog like eat me? something that it's not supposed to eat and it's like a medical thing yeah that's what I was no it's the heart that's what it is it's a heart transplant the person trips and then uh the dog comes into the ER eats it and then walks away yeah I feel like I've seen a clip of that on Twitter yeah there's there's even an oral history on the ringer about it but I do think that it's it's just different for whatever reason with this show it crosses that border into like needing to do too much a lot of mm-hmm. times that you get episodes like this but hey it's being different it's doing something now I know since you're also a Survivor fan do you have any information I don't know if you've looked this up or if you've seen it on Twitter of which Survivor contestant is on Riverdale Ooh, ooh, ooh I mean ooh, my ooh. first guess would be Matt Elrod alias Wyatt Nash but now I'm not so sure that, that is correct yep ding 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 who did he play Matt Elrod shows up at the very end of this season yes so he plays Jughead and Betty's half-brother Charles wait wait, both of their half-brother yes 
because oh, FP and Alice. Oh, God. Oh. Right. So this is another thing that is a very teen drama trope of parents dating each other and their kids also dating each other. That's like a very common thing. Another one of my pet peeves, because if you'll, you'll find out soon, all of my Riverdale pet peeves surround FP Jones pretty much. We see in this episode uh, a little bit where FP and Alice are in the same room and they're not they're not supposed to be friends. Like according to their kids, these people hate each other. We find out in the next episode or, or maybe in, the, in episode four that they had a secret romance in high school and that Alice ended up um, getting pregnant and having a child who later is Wyatt Nash. But at, at this point, they have recently started their fling again now that Betty's father is in prison for being a serial killer. The thing is, the kids aren't supposed to know this and we as the audience get like a tiny little bit where they say, oh, you know, the sheriff, the sheriff called us. I mean, he called each of us separately and that's pretty much it that we see in this episode. But like all of a sudden by the end of the season, they're just openly dating and we never got any reaction Ooh. from anybody what's their, about What's this. their ship name? What's the what's Betty's mom's name? Alice. Oh, it's the official ship name. I'm not going to say it because Mary will use it to bleep out when I swear in the future. <laughs> so uh, Mary, you're going to have to uh, share this. Yeah, there's this, um, it's phallus, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which you can choose to spell either with an F or a P. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can use either one. I mean, yeah, I guess there's there's really no other other solution, right? Unless you use, uh, I don't want to let Forsyth around phallus any day of the week. So I'm just going to try to separate those names. Wow, I guess, yeah. But Forsalus? So, I'm not letting for, Forsyth or anything that has fours in the beginning around phallus. Uh, that's... <gasps> <laughs> but I so Matt L. Wyatt Nash is he in more than one episode like is this just a random twist and then he disappears does he go off to the army with Moose no he's in like uh, several episodes of season four not all of them whoa but, but at least uh, probably every other episode at recurring least. guest role what's his what's yeah. the character's name Charles Aww. Charles Smith I think yeah I think that was Alice's maiden name he he's there he actually looks like a pretty decent person that you could you could his uh, you would assume that he could look like a mix of Alice and FP, I guess. I, I don't know. I feel like it works. I feel like the casting, they do a good job in terms of making the parents look like the kids. Yeah, I mean, I can't really, I guess when we saw like the brief congregation of parents, I didn't really think so much about like, well, this person doesn't look like this person, but I guess I would have to like see the two of them next to each other to really get that sense. Well, Archie's mom is played by Oh, Molly, Molly Ringwald. Ringwald. Yes, yeah. I remember because I remember seeing shots of the, uh, of the unfortunate uh, death of Archie's dad. And I remember Molly Ringwald was there. So that's awesome. That, that's a, that's got to be some cool parents to have. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I, they do a good job. Unfortunately, the parent that we see the most of is Hiram Lodge, and he's, it's just such a frustrating does, villain. Does he die at some point, or is he still alive to this point? He's still alive so far. But he has a degenerative muscle condition currently. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which Archie is supposed to feel sympathetic about, despite the fact that Hiram literally got him in prison what about, and tried to what, kill him. What about Mayor Hermione? Is she still the mayor? I think, I think Hiram becomes the mayor. Hiram and Hermione both try to kill each other and then they get back together. Whoa, so whoa, whoa, I don't know. what? Yeah. What are they trying to think, cut off each other's tattoos? Well, Hermione. <laughs> Hermione hires FP to kill Hiram, but it's a failed attempt. The man who will soon become the sheriff becomes I think a that's hired how, assassin. I think that's how he becomes the sheriff. I think she says, in exchange for attempting murder on my husband, I will um, grant you the sheriffdom. So I think that's what happens. Even though I'm pretty sure, isn't the sheriff an elected position? Yes, it is. Yeah, well, not in Riverdale. Not in Riverdale. In Riverdale, uh, Hiram decides who the sheriff is. So, oh, so I saw that Archie, they talked about that Archie was 
was the pl- president. Was he elected in a previous storyline? Yeah, he was elected at the very end of season two. The last episode, he gets elected president and then Hiram has him arrested. It's weird because they're juniors in high school. I'm not really sure why the student body president are, is a junior or and, and that's it. We never really hear about any people who are older in the show. It just seems like the, the characters are the oldest kids at all times. And they haven't graduated yet, right? No, not yet. Not yet. You only ju- you stay in school or you join the army, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. Just like in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting there. In, in present day Riverdale, they're all starting to think about college, etc. However, it seems like the only college that anyone knows or cares about is Yale. And everybody just <laughs> wants to get into Yale. Well, Yale and Sarah Florence, of course. Oh, of course, Sarah <laughs> well, Florence. No, at one point, like, uh, Veronica wanted to get into Harvard. Right. Uh, I think she actually does get into Harvard, but she refuses to go because her father, like, paid for it. I'm not, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because she didn't get in on her own merit. Her dad, like, bribed them. And then she was like, I'm going to do it my own way. And then she doesn't get in either. Do you think that, I think Hiram Lodge could very easily manipulate Veronica by using, like, reverse psychology of, like, hey, Veronica, I want you to eat only dessert today. And she's like, no, I'm eating vegetables today. Screw you, dad. Honestly, it would work. It would 100% work because they have, like, a very weird father-daughter relationship that's, like, always a battle. They have a, a very great episode in season four where they all, all of the main characters go and speak with the student, like, the school counselor. Mm-hmm. And it's really great. They all have these, like, individual therapy sessions and they kind of clear the air for everything. And then immediately the next episode, it's like no one took the advice. Uh, you know, the, the, the counselor lady tells Veronica to, like, stop being in a battle with her father. And then she decides to be in a battle even harder with her father. So... Yep, they have a they have a, a rum business what? war. Yeah, they have a rum feud. A, a rum Just like feud? every 17-year-old girl has with her father. So I'm assuming that's know. her third business is the rum company. Well, Pops is her first, and then the speakeasy, and then the rum business. But then she also buys Archie the, the gym, the boxing gym, at a, at a later point. So, And then she opens up the secret place where you can buy more rum. That was also a brothel. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, and that's when they lock the, the previous owner of the brothel into the bang bunker they 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 oh and into the bunker to die i'm assuming well i don't know she comes back later i'm not really sure what she's been what doing do, like jump on some horny teens that snuck in there and she uses the door to escape yeah you know a lot of parents get locked in there because i'm pretty sure betty locks her mom in the bang bunker at one point is there not a door well. in the inside of the bunker well they like you know handcuff her to the bed or whatever uh, okay so that literally is leaving someone to die then and they probably no, but they, br- they bring them food and stuff you know from the one restaurant restaurant in town pops so pops is so pops is the diner because i know it was like the malt shop back in the comics right yes it's the diner yep. uh, okay so it is in some sort of i don't know meth lab or something on the side no although i do believe that pop tate was not in this episode the the manager of pops he was previously the owner until veronica bought it well yeah so the title of the episode like do they do titles based on like you know i know degrassi does like song titles you know and a community does course titles so this was just referring to that quote did they have any sort of system to the way they titled these episodes all of the episode titles are generally either movies books or plays that are usually like mysteries or somehow relate to the episodes themselves but generally are more just like like they've had an episode called a kiss before dying which is one of my favorite mystery novels i'm trying to think of what some of the other episodes have been that were significant let me let me read through here uh last picture show 
Show, Heart of Darkness, Faster Pussycats Kill Kill. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on here. Yeah, so they have a lot like that. And then, of course, the musical episodes are usually just based off of a song from the musical a lot of times. Wicked Little Town was the Hedwig episode that we just watched. So, it, you know, it's interesting. It's definitely like kind of a, kind of, it's an extremely campy kind of show that does a lot of these like mystery tropes. They they had an episode one time, I don't remember what season, might be season three, where they did like a noir episode, hmm. but it wasn't in the kind of fun way, like I mentioned Boy Meets World earlier, right. the noir episode in Boy Meets World is just sort of hilarious and goofy, whereas this one is like only one of the characters is really in like pretending that it is noir and that's what? Veronica. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So she's the only one that's acting like she's in one and everyone else is acting normal? Pretty much. I it's mean, normal is a stretch, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, within the weird funhouse mirror that is Riverdale. So it's, it's a weird show. They they try different things. They dabble in that. I think the genre elements they were going for this season were sort of fantasy, but they kind of don't hit the fantasy mark on that Fantasy slash one. murder. Yeah. They have a great episode a little while later where all of the kids go back in time, or they don't go back in time. They they're All of the child actors are playing their parents in high school, and it's kind of like a Breakfast Club spinoff called The Midnight Club. So <laughs> that happens. That's fun. That's cute. They literally, like, what is this show? What have we been doing for the past, like, almost two years? It sounds like you've been having a lovely time while slowly losing your minds, which sounds like, you know, what everyone has been doing the past few months. I've been doing it for my entire life, so I'm not going to judge you whatsoever for your choices here. Aw, thanks. Well, thank you. Yeah, so I don't know if you have any other questions or anything, but we really thank you for coming on the show and just talking about how ridiculous this, uh, this is. I mean, do you have any desire to watch any other episodes? Do you feel like oh I need to go back to the beginning or do you feel like yeah that was interesting I can leave it and walk away the question is I wouldn't want to necessarily go to the beginning I want to now more so do like a quantum leap style just jumping around to random episodes and seeing if I can figure out based on context clues what exactly is going on or how much we haven't you know what is sort of like the babies being dropped in the fire you know what is something that's mentioned in this episode that is still a mystery to this day for Riverheads so I'm all for you know playing shuffle on Riverdale it is a sufficiently silly show that seems completely ridiculous at all times but I feel like we need that in these times Uh, not necessarily the idea of like taking things too seriously but just having a complete goofball of a show that lets the name Dilton Doily come out of many people's mouths without so much of a snicker Uh, you know be be watched in full so I maybe if I have the opportunity and the time to do it uh, I'll be you know less busy in a month or so I may be able to check out a few episodes I'll start with those musical episodes uh, especially if there's one where Cheryl sings a song seductively to the principal to promote Hedrick and the Angry Inch. That sounds like something that's right up my very strange alley. Cheryl singing a song seductively to an inappropriate audience probably happens in every musical episode, so. Okay, well, that's that's a commonality then. Yeah, it's great. Some of them are a little kids boppy because they have to change some of the lyrics because they (laughs) keep picking like (laughs) R-rated A little kids boppy. Yep. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Riverdale likes to make the, the lyrics more kids boppy and then over sexualize the dance moves because that's they what got, you can do listen, for TV. Yeah. Keep things in balance. You know, hey, if you're saying naughty right. words, we're punishing you. But you know what? You gyrate as much as hump all those fences, guys. Exactly. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. You can all check out Mike Bloom in his 10,000 different <laughs> podcasts that he does. I'm still covering Survivor, doing the RHAP B&B every week with Leon. 
Ariana Boris and a various guest on to do a lot of silly Survivor fun and games. Maybe maybe one day I'll do a Matt Elrod Wyatt Nash quiz about his time on Riverdale, depending on yes. what becomes of Charles Smith. I'm also writing about Survivor every week, doing interviews and other stuff at Parade.com. I'm doing a, a Lost Rewatch podcast every week. I heard them say the word Hatch this episode, which definitely perked my brain up because that's a key tenet of Hatch. Not a lot of sex going on in Lost version of the bunker, surprisingly enough, uh, but they are less horny teens on the island. So I'm doing that every week with Josh Wiggler covering Top Chef as well and a bunch of other stuff here and there too. And you can follow me for all my sh- various shenanigans, uh, both online and off at a Mike Bloom type on Twitter and Instagram. Great. I'm so excited to dive into Lost eventually. Uh, I have them all on DVD, but I've never seen the show. So get the get Wait, and Mary, how many times have you rewatched Riverdale? Uh, no, I told only like twice for like podcasts. Not that often. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, I, I'll get around to it eventually. But yeah, you can you can follow the Kowski cast online at KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K or on our Twitter. You can also follow myself at Frail Mary on every platform and Kirsten at Kirsten. Kirsten said what on every platform. You are also more than welcome to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, which we got a new one of recently. Ooh. This one I'm going to have Kirsten read because it follows our... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Kirsten, but you did it. You said that if anyone left a review and put a ship name in it, that you'd read it. So there you go. Ooh. Ooh. Look at that name. So this one is from Podcast Lover 223. The caption, best only Riverdale recap. Love these ladies and their relatable expose of the gaping plot holes or missteps along the fever dream that is Riverdale. You don't have to try like an Andrews man to like this podcast. Hashtag phallus. Hashtag bughead. Hashtag coos. I hate you for making me say that, but I love (laughs) you for leaving a five-star review and that was very clever. Thank you, podcast lover. And Mike, if you go back and listen to all our podcasts, you can know why we say that you can try like an Andrews man, which is another. Is that like like on their crest or something? We just like made it up but basically yeah that's on their crest yeah it's basically just what andrews men are known for doing they try they're they may not do it you know may not get there mm-hmm. they may not actually save the day but they'll try i think that's i they'll think try. in this day and age you know what trying is good so i'm happy we're all andrews men a little bit here absolutely yes. uh so mike will know this because he was on one of them i just spent a week having a crazy adventure in the new netflix show too hot to handle which i did the podcast coverage for over on rhap as well as i guessed it on the challenge recap podcast on the Dom McCollin podcast this week. So if you want to hear more of me being crazy and angry, that's where to go. <laughs> wow, look at you guys coming in with all of these plugs. I am just over here on Riverdale. Yeah, we, 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 so. have, we have the patch panels with all the plugs coming out of it. And Mary's just got like a little thing of like, all right, I'll just plug this thing into the outlet. Uh, but you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's, it works. You, you guys are killing it, it, it here. Works. So yeah, yeah, we're doing great. So the next episode of Riverdale, I believe is scheduled to come out this Wednesday on the 29th of April. So shortly after that, we will get the episode out for season four, episode 18. And also we have news that in the beginning of May, Riverdale season four will be hitting Netflix. So if anyone has popped into this episode and gotten completely spoiled, but hasn't seen season four yet, it'll be on Netflix soon. So have fun watching that, I I guess. We're we're (laughs) unclear of if that means that that the show has decided to end season four with episode 18. I'm going going to assume that's the case. You might be watching the season finale this coming Wednesday. We might be. We might be watching the series finale 
we're unsure. No, it's it's renewed for season five. We just don't know. Like, it's obviously not going to end how they had anticipated it ending with, you know, filming getting shut down over a month ago at this point. So is there a non-zero chance there's a Riverdale Zoom episode coming up? <laughs> I am. Except it's on like Zong or whatever the equivalent's going to be. Yeah, the Riverdale Boom episode yeah, exactly. will probably be happening. Archie, eventually. get onto your Mapple and log on to Boom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they, they, they hardly ever use technology. They really rarely use technology. Riverdale also, I think the show like likes the kind of aesthetic of having some things feel like they're kind of timeless and in the like 60s or whatever. But then at other points in time, they, they'll mention Grindem. So I don't know. Well, Grindem is timeless. It's like they have smartphones, but everyone has old fashioned cars and they kind of dress a little more old fashioned. I don't know. Maybe they're just all hipsters. Yes, it's very yeah. old fashioned how the girls dress with a, a bra and a with see-through the shirt to school. Okay, Mary. Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say that immediately after I said it, but <laughs> oh well. Anyway. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. They drop. Oh my God. I can't breathe. <laughs> oh my okay, God. I'm good. You, I'm got, good. you got it off your chest and I'm what you sorry. got off your chest was your breath. <sighs> I'm sorry. The fifth season is friendship. Basically, they're just LARPing. Oh my gosh.